Welcome to Casey by Sari, a podcast for Kansas City enthusiasts. I'll take you behind the scenes and you'll learn why this Midwestern gem is so special. On this episode, I'm joined by Gabby Freed, actor and comedian. Gabby's impressive resume includes performing at Starlight, working the Emmys after show, and working on SNL. She's originally from Kansas City, but through her time living in New York and LA, Gabby is continuing to share her talents on stage. Here's Gabby to share more on her recent projects and what she's currently working on. Casey Masseri. Casey Masseri. If you want to know where to go and what is on trend, Casey Masseri. She's your friend. What is it about performing that you love so much? That's a good question, which is funny because it's like something I do every day. You'd think like I'd have a distilled answer but I feel like in every instance that I performed (coughs) um it's always been like a different feeling like sometimes it's like oh the freedom of being on stage sometimes it's just like a high you can get from the stage lights that you can only get when you like just feel that glow on you and sometimes it's like the show that I just finished um it was the first time where I've like had so many performances a week and pushing through sickness and so many things that I was trying to figure out like what is it that I really love about this and a lot of it's just like the community backstage and the jokes and the playing with other people and then seeing how it goes with the audience and like I had a special um, solo in act two of the show and it was a comedy thing and seeing like if I could get a laugh out of that audience that night uh, it wasn't so much like the validation of the laugh well maybe it was like validating that choice but like seeing if that night it would work it was fun. Did you ever feel like there was a point where you had to overcome stage fright or was that something you ever really dealt with when being more comfortable on the stage? Yeah, I um, definitely had stage fright when it comes to singing. Uh, and in some respects, like I still feel that like heart pounding thing. I was really afraid to sing in front of people because I was I grew up dancing, as did you. Uh, but we grew up in different studios. <laughs> but um, I grew up dancing at Miller Marley and voice lessons was something I started later. And um, to be honest, my voice teachers who are Kansas City people, some of them are great if you're listening. Some of them were not so great um, and kind of tore down my confidence. And I'm singing just doesn't come as my first thing. Um, so I felt really self-conscious about it. And then in college... Um, my like I took a singing class my second year I felt very self-conscious in that class like and I had but I had to get up every week and do it so I was like working it out and then that summer I did my first like professional gig despite the fact it wasn't paid that's how a lot of theater works when you're first starting out unfortunately Uh, it was an educational program and we did um cabarets every week and it was my first time like me Gabby singing in front of an audience with songs I'd picked not necessarily like audition songs because Auditioning for colleges was so rough and so hard, but like singing in front of other people. And that summer, by the end of the summer, I I was like, wait, I'm not afraid of this anymore. And like, I didn't, I don't even know what day that happened, but it was like the exposure of having to do it over and over again, of failing in front of other people, failing lyrics, failing melodies, and just like being able to do it. Was I still afraid uh, last week when I sang a brand new song in front of people? Yeah, but I did it. And who cares what they think about it, that it was like kind of (laughs) mediocre. And I feel like confidence is something that as you continue to grow and work in your career is obviously something that you have to work on, but then once you get the hang of it, but I imagine there's a lot of building that confidence because it's scary to do new things. I cannot imagine being on stage. I applaud everyone 
who is like so confident being on stage and showing those talents of dancing and singing and acting. So you have to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there a skill of those three that you feel the most confident in? Like I said, growing up, I would have called myself like actors like to do like, I'm an actor first. I'm a dancer first. Like they'll, they'll do like dancer, uh, singer, actor. Like they'll label it what they're best at. So I always thought I was a dancer who sang and acts because <laughs> I was at Miller Marley and I was like always cast in the ensemble. And um, someone here, another amazing theater program um, here in Kansas City, Music Theater Kansas City, uh, Julie Danielson is music director and very much in charge of it along with her mom, Carrie. And, you know, Julie, um, Julie gave me this confidence that I could be a chorus dancer for the rest of my life. And I walked into college being like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go be a chorus dancer. I went into an acting program, not even musical theater. And I told these people I'm going to be a chorus dancer. That's what this gal back at home said. She has confidence in me. And it really gave me the confidence to go through so much of my first year where it was really hard. But then my second year, I joined this like political sketch comedy class and was like, oh, wait, I like being funny. And it changed the tune of like, oh, you only have to be that too. You can be that. But you also can do comedy. So for me now, I consider myself, I mean, I went to acting school. I consider myself an actor first or comedian first, a comedian who dances and acts. Like I just pitched myself to some more agents. Um, also, my agent definitely is friends with you, my agent here. But I pitched myself to more agents in um, New York and LA. And yeah, I pitched myself as like a funny lady or like a comedian who tap dances and also has IBS, you know? Do you want that? <laughs> okay, so... This is going to be a funny question leading into it, but like, speaking of IBS, you make these very funny videos and songs, and one of them being about Jewish people with IBS, which is so funny, <laughs> and I remember when you posted that video, and some of our high school friends were texting about it, just like, crying laughing, not only at how sadly accurate it is, but just like, the work that you went into that, so explain those projects, like when you're coming mm. up with these songs... Are you writing the lyrics? Are you writing the music? Like, it's a whole video production. Yeah, absolutely. I have um, a writing partner that's in New York. I unfortunately haven't written with him um, in a year and a half because he had a baby. Um, but also because I moved to L.A. Um, and he is a fantastic writer. His name's Andrew Underberg. He just had a TV show on Netflix that he has songs in come out. Um, and he and I wrote that song together, Jews in the Bathroom. I came up with it at Thanksgiving dinner with my whole family when I was here in Kansas City and like everybody kept getting up to go to the bathroom and it was just like one person after the other and I was like this is insane and then I tried to sit down and write it at a Starbucks on my own and it it was it was something it was something um and then Andrew had been in my um sketch class at UCB and I saw him on the street one day and he actually he saw me I didn't see him he emailed me to like go get coffee and I told him I'm writing this thing and he told me he does like musical comedy he wants to write like Lonely Island stuff and we got together and um wrote that song and that is like when I t think about things that have made me most fulfilled and I'm sure you feel this as well as someone who creates and is a creator like I felt really fulfilled doing this show the last couple months and I felt really fulfilled doing Starlight over the summer but almost nothing matches how amazing it felt to create that specific video um, because of the way, like you said, it was produced and like, I, we credited someone else as the director, but like, I, I felt like I was like directing elements of it. He was also directing, don't want to take away from him, but like directing the shots and how I was making my vision come to life. And 
Like in the end, it is funny. It is something that I absolutely love and have so much pride in. And yeah, we've created other videos and I literally before coming here just had an idea and was thinking of reaching out to him because I was trying to figure out if there's a way I can record with him. It's just like a really sh short, small idea, but I think it'd be funny. <laughs> what are some other projects that you've been on that have really given you that sense of fulfillment? Mm, I think um, there can be like certain days on theater shows that really give me that sense of fulfillment. For me, sometimes it's in the rehearsal process more so than on stage because I love creating, like I said, and I just like seeing... Like I feel like creating with the director and collaborating and that's what's really fun with me, for me, not with me. Um, and then I did, um, I used to do background work on SNL for several years and there was a specific uh, episode, there's a sketch called The Hobbit Office and like if you look for me you can find me. I'm, I'm in the sketch, I have a baby line, but that day I also felt like I was like coming up with a character and maybe there's a little bit of validation from the director but like that day is just magical in my brain. You said that rehearsals are one of the things that give you fulfillment. I imagine with rehearsals, they can be really hard on your body, emotionally, physically, like every which way. How do you take care of yourself so that you feel ready for whatever it is you're working on? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like other people in at least my last rehearsal process where I was dancing more, legally blonde over the summer, um, at Starlight, I was not really dancing. I had what's called a princess track. <laughs> That's what people in the industry call it, which is basically like you're on stage for a little bit of a time. It's not hard on your body and you still get paid the nice paycheck. But like I still worked hard. Okay. My voice was dying. I had to work my voice harder than I ever had. And that was the confidence. So it was hard in other ways. But that aside, during Christmas story, um, just now in LA, like people had a lot of like outward self-care routines. And I always felt like measuring up to that, like, Oh, I don't do that. But I think for me, the care is more in for me going to therapy and taking care of my mental health because for me, the biggest issues with both these shows was like the comparison monster is really big for me. And, um, so I got to take care of that and I need to like see my other friends and talk to other people and like work out and go to the gym and go on my runs so that I just like feel good. Um, and also go to the doctor when you're sick. Everyone should do that. <laughs> if you can with health insurance. <laughs> Casey by Sari is brought to you by our sponsor, Tap Intuit Fitness. Justine Tap won Best Personal Trainer in Casey Magazine's Best of Kansas City 2023. Justine offers a variety of trainings so you can find your perfect fit. I can attest to her amazing ability to motivate and support you in your fitness journey. It's officially 2024 and now is the perfect time to start thinking about your goals and Justine can help you reach them. For podcast listeners, your first session is free when mentioning Casey by Sari. For more information, visit www.tapintuitfitness.com and schedule your first session. Now, back to the episode. That's such a great way to put it. I think no matter what industry you're in, especially mm. on the creative end. I mean, you deal with that. I deal with that. Mm. I think anyone in the creative space, unfortunately, gets into these places where you're constantly comparing yourself. You look at the success of others or whatever your measure of success is, comparing it to your own. With that, what are some other challenges that you've really faced with working on your career, working on yourself, mm -hmm. and just where you are right now? Yeah, well, I'm gonna go back to Comparison Monster for one second, because I think both of us being active on social media, like, I think that's the hardest place for it. And I think, like, you probably feel this as well, like, we're trying to gain 
followers and but at the same time like I don't want to be skeezy about it but like you need more people following you to want to be interested in what you have to say and um then I'll like look at somebody else's profile who's verified or like a friend of mine who I had dinner with this last week like she left her corporate job and now is doing social media full-time I'm like oh my god I could be doing that um but I'm not and that's okay that's not like my journey right now so I think like that's the biggest struggle is like comparison or am I doing enough? And then like the literal like resources in this industry, you know, having access to agents or having the like networking abilities. Like I just moved to LA in fall 2022. I definitely know people and I've met people and I'm trying my best to be in that community, but it's still a work in progress. And the more people you know, the more doors will open for you. Um, So I think that's always an uphill battle, but also like quite fun, you know, I think we both enjoy networking and all that jazz. But yeah, I find comparison and the like imposter syndrome, which I think go hand in hand, are my two biggest things that I fight with all the time. Do you feel that with like social media as well, that that comparison? Totally. And I think what's hard is as I've worked on this podcast especially, and I love this project and it's been so fun, like you said, there's like the uphill battles when you accomplish something, it almost feels so much better when you're like, oh my gosh, I did that thing. Mm. Like I'm doing this. It's awesome. But yeah, that comparison or looking at other content creators on Instagram can be really hard, especially when it comes to influencer events where people are invited and sometimes Mm. you question why you weren't there. Who do they know? Who do you not know? And it can be really hard there are times where I feel like I really have to take a step back from Instagram and just refocus on why did I start this what is my goal not everyone has to have the same goal as me not everyone should have the same goal as me Mm -hmm. at the end of the day through Instagram and the podcast my goal is really just to showcase Kansas City but there have been some really low lows Mm -hmm. during this process even in the last two years of having this podcast I have really questioned Do people like it? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is there another formula that I should be doing? I spent hours and hours of research on podcasts nationally and locally of that quote unquote formula of what's working for them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like this is my creation and I should be doing it how I want to do it. Hell yeah. (laughs) But it, it, it is so hard. I mean, you get in those places where it can be really hard to get out of the rabbit hole when you are looking at someone else. And like you said, followers. An unfortunate part of being a creator is numbers and trying to grow that. And there can be times where this person got 10,000 followers so quickly or this, that, and the other. And I look at my numbers and then there's other times where I really have to ground myself that I want people following me and following along who like what I'm doing and like that's it like again just kind of back to the really basic goal which I feel like is similar for you that at the end of the day you love performing you love creating focusing on those moments of fulfillment and not trying to focus on those low times 100% I think like I made some videos during the pandemic with my writing partner that I loved making and some of those videos really popped off great that got me a lot of followers I got oh we're talking about on TikTok which is like the goal is followers and the goal is likes if you're making videos. But then like we spent two months creating an original song that I was, I thought was so funny. It was about like my old retainer and it is so small and so arbitrary, but so funny to me. And I didn't do very well. And I was like, wow. And that's honestly one of the last videos that Andrew and I did together. Cause I was just like, I, I can't 
keep doing this if no one cares. And then like on the flip side, I just made a video. So for Center Theater Group, I was just working for, um, they paid me to be social media captain, which was so fun, so great, but also very stressful. And like for some reason, if I did or didn't make a video, it would like impact my show. Like if I would get a video done, I felt good about it. I'd have a better show. And I was like, whoa, I cannot believe how much that's affecting my show. But I made a viral video with the help of some of my castmates. Um, They are in the video much more than me, but like a video that has 6 million views. And I was like, what will, you know, how does that translate? I definitely got like another 100, 200 followers, but like they, the universe, tell you to make a viral video and that's how you're going to get followers. I got 6 million views on a video and 200 more followers. That doesn't translate, which is fine. It's just like, to be in our world chasing after likes, which feels disgusting as it is, doesn't always translate to followers. And like, I'd rather be chasing something that's fulfilling, which is why like I pulled back from that. But like this video, I had I had two ideas in the last two days that I'm like, I want to write these things. I think they're going to be funny. I love that I have ideas. I'm going to work on them, see if Andrew's back to uh, being able to record maybe virtually. And like, take a look at my TikTok in a month. Maybe I'll have them up there, hopefully less. But yeah. What are your goals that you've set for yourself professionally? Mm. Whether that's this year, five years, 10 years, like. Yeah, that's a really good question. I have like, I definitely have dream goals. Okay, my goal just at the outset is to make a living doing comedy, whatever that means. Right now I'm not doing stand-up, but last year I was doing a lot of stand-up. If that had been stand-up, if that had been um, on a TV show, writing for a TV show, if that had been on Broadway, whatever that means. I want to do comedy in whatever essence that is. I love doing it. It's what makes me happiest. If I'm creating it, someone else is creating it. So that's, that's the like overall goal. I would love to be on a TV show. Like my, so then like you look at smaller goals, right? And I have found in this industry, I can't make goals. Like I would like to book a co-star, which is like the smallest role on a TV show this year because I don't have control over that. So like, like I said, I just reached out to a bunch of agents on Friday. Maybe something like that's going to pan out. I do have agents in LA, but I'm looking for a musical theater agent. I'm looking for like other people to make a more cohesive team. And when that um, comes together, maybe those opportunities will be easier to find. And also if I'm creating videos and also if I get new headshots, which I'm doing in three weeks. And also if like I am meeting people and networking, like it's all part of the plan. So my, my feeling right now is just like, just keep going. If you are in this industry and you just put your head down and keep going and keep trying to meet people at some point, it'll work out. Like that's what I have to believe. So all I can do is the reach outs, make sure I'm in the right city for the right appointments, working on my craft. I'm in um, advanced improv at the Groundlings right now. Like my goal truthfully is to pass that class in three weeks, but we'll see how it goes. But pass advanced this spring and get into writing lab by the end of the year. Like those are good goals that I, I could actually maybe achieve. And finish my feature film that's gonna be a Kansas City feature film. I need to finish that by the end of the year. That's my like actual real goal. Sorry, going back. My real goal is to finish this feature film by the end of the year and pitch it to Kansas City producers and Jason Sudeikis and Paul Rudd and get, sell it to them, okay? So if anyone knows how to make that happen. Can you go into detail on what that film is about? Yes, so I am writing a feature film slash have written. It's just a first draft is bad, but you know what? We did a first draft and that's all that matters. Um, the film is called Saving Winsteads. It's basically in a world where Paul Rudd ages um, and he's playing himself. 
In a world where he ages, he feels like his career has passed him by and he comes back to Kansas City um, and he's trying to find something to fulfill him and he decides, he sees the aging, crumbling Winsteads, which we all know and love. It's still near and dear to our heart and he decides he needs to save it. So he bandies up with um, the Jason Sudeikis and Rob Riggle and Eric Stone Street who are not playing themselves. They're playing characters um, to save the restaurant and uh, bring it back and hopefully in the process find himself and accept himself. Winsteads is such a key part to the city and so near and dear to everyone's hearts regardless of like <laughs> aesthetically how they are holding up. And there is something to be said that the feeling of nostalgia just mm-hmm. makes everything better. Like if nostalgia could be its own category yes. of taste, Winsteads falls into that category. 100%. It's like savory, sweet, Whatever the other, you know, salty, umami, umami, nostalgia. Nostalgia. I I completely agree. Like, and that's what I'm trying to write. And my um, screenwriting teacher kept asking me, like, but why does Paul Rudd care? And I was like, because I'm sure that these guys actually went to Winstead's growing up in high school. And for everyone in Kansas City, like, this place is, it's where we grew up. Like, and I write in the feature, like, it's where people had their first kiss. They share a skyscraper milkshake. Like... I just found a picture last night as I was looking for pictures of us of me and like the big booth that I've actually written into my script of like me just like into the booth with my cousins. And I'm like, I had so many memories like that and I can't explain it beyond like, it's just, it's a part of Kansas city as much as the chiefs or uh, state line road and anything else. Um, so that's my, like, let's be real. That's my goal. Finish the script and I would love to sell it in the next year or two. That's awesome. Speaking of just like nostalgia, you have performed at Starlight, which mm-hmm. I know we both did, but you grew up going to shows and seeing shows there. What has that feeling been like performing at Starlight? Uh, performing at Starlight has been incredible. Like, what a dream come true. I auditioned for my first Starlight show uh, the summer before fifth grade, and um, I got cut immediately. It was for Annie. Um, and I don't think I auditioned again until I auditioned for Mary Poppins as an adult and I just like really wanted to work there because for me it represented like Broadway of Kansas City it represents like the highest you could get in Kansas City for me like that's how I always saw it and I grew up seeing shows there and Starlight's just magical like sitting out in those seats with like hearing the trains and seeing the stars come out or like having to go through a rainstorm and like waiting out the rain and I have loved, like, my first show there was Grease in 2017, and I just, I was so thrilled when I got that call. It, unfortunately, was, like, some, my grandma died, like, just a few days after that, and my grandma wanted me to work at Starlight so badly so I could be home, and she kept asking about it, and on that Thursday, I got that call. She had unfortunately fallen, and I think my mom told her before she unfortunately declined, Um, but like that first show was really for her and they've all been like for my family and for friends and like I doing a show that out in LA I had so many friends come out there and family fly out there but I'm like not used to not having people there for a show because at Starlight and even in LA like I had so many people come to see my performances like it's such a gift um it's just Starlight is incredibly magical for me and um I don't know when I'll get to perform out there again but yeah every every performance there is a gift speaking of just the magic of starlight i have some of my absolute fondest memories with 
my mom and my family growing up was going to see shows, season tickets, like always going and, you know, wondering if I was going to get the frozen chocolate malt or the frozen lemonade. Oh my God. What, what my special treat was going to be during intermission. Like, but every time I go back there, just that, that feeling of nostalgia and just mm. the incredible memories I have there of seeing show after show and it's just so special so I imagine for you especially performing there is just that extra level of excitement and it's such a you know obviously great thing to have in terms of experience on your resume but just that feeling of nostalgia being there I'm sure those performances hold a special place in your heart 100% and I also did like Starlight's educational program in high school I did uh, the Starlight Stars which, like, they perform over the summer, and then they do, like, some performances throughout the year, and they perform before the shows. Um, and I love doing that, and that's, like, what first got me involved with Starlight. And um, now, like, then I um, have performed there, obviously, a few times. I did their gala. I've done their gala twice. And, like, in the last year and a half, uh, my mom and I are on their capital campaign to, like, help Starlight get into the future. And... Um, I'm like never here for meetings, but I was um, the person who was the MC for their announcement back in October. And like, it's just exciting to, it's really cool to have been on like one side of it where you're looking as a kid and you're like, oh, I would love to be there on the other side. Like now I'm a part of bringing Starlight into the future. Like that's kind of a wild thing. And yes, like I think for me at least in terms of like dreams and goals, going back to that, like I have this like these big goals and they feel like unable to accomplish anytime soon and then you look at something like that and it's like well I I did that I'm on the other side of that and how amazing does it feel to be on the other side when you come home what does what does that look like for you in terms of places in Kansas City that you love visiting or any local establishments aside from Winstead's that you always try to hit uh while you're home for the weekend Fantastic question. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so um, I tend to go to the same places every time I'm home. I have to go to Spin before I leave. Um, I was planning to get lunch there after going to the gym earlier, and I haven't. So I think I'm going to get tonight or tomorrow. It's happening. I like to go to – oh, my God. I'm totally blanking. McLean's. So let's call it Mission Market. Um, McLean's. I will probably be going there tomorrow morning to meet my friend for breakfast. I always go to First Watch because there's not First Watches, like – and that's where my family always goes. So like either first watch or McLean's. And then I always end up going to Shields or Von Mar to shop with my mom. And I, we might go to Oak Park Mall tomorrow. Those are like, and then those are my usual places that I go to. I like to see a few friends. Um, I don't have like a bar or anything that I like necessarily need to go to. But it was fun being here this summer and having a lot of my friends from New York actually come visit. And like either having to find new places or... Um, go to some like more touristy places so I went to Boulevard um, their like bar so many times but man did I discover some new good beers and like took my friends to Crown Center to be like we used to love this place isn't it weird <laughs> and then we took them to Fritz's um, and then like went to like there's a new um, bar that has mini golf in it um, on I think 135th we went there when the power went out over the summer that was really fun so it's like I love going back to my classic spin shields von Moore McLean's, but then I also love, and we always go to North and we always go to Yaya's, which is what we had for dinner last night. Um, so that's my parents' staple. Um, and then like also at the same time, the new traditions, the new places I've discovered getting to work here the past few years. 
I'm sure it's crazy too, even just from when we were in high school, but especially growing up here, Kansas City has changed mm-hmm. so much. So when you do come home, there's like more businesses popping up and more places to go. And I feel like, you know, we sort of grew, or I shouldn't speak for you, but like I definitely tell people that I, I grew up in a bubble, like mm-hmm. for sure, there's no dancing around it. Like I definitely grew up in a bubble. Cactus Grill on 119. Yes. You could not convince me there was a better restaurant in Kansas City. Honestly, I took one of my friends there and he loved it. I was like, you need this Espinaca. I love um, talking about, and of course now I'm going to totally blank on the name, but Red Door Grill that's now there in Camelot Court, but it used to be O'Malley, not O'Malley's. Yes, um, um, Patty. Patio Quigley's. Patio Quigley's. It used to be Patio yeah, Quigley's. Yeah, loved Patty's. And... I remember just being like, this is such a cool bar when I was in like fifth grade and, you know, pointing at like the darts on the wall and like not at all, I don't know, like realizing just like what is out there, which now luckily I'm like in a place where I can just look back at that and laugh. There was a point in life where I was like, oh, so resentful. I grew up in a bubble. Mm. Like I didn't explore the city, but at the same time, like not to say Kansas City didn't have things to offer back then but there's obviously a lot more to yeah. offer now so I'm sure it's fun for you when you get to come home mm-hmm. and not only go to those staples but find other places or if you have someone coming mm-hmm. in town you get to feel like you're showing a tourist Kansas City mm-hmm. and the places here that we have to offer 100% like I think first of all that's why I wanted to write this movie um is because I love Kansas City. I know those Kansas City celebrities love Kansas City because they come back here every year for the big slick. And I was like, they will produce this if I can write this well. Um, but anyways, I like have fallen in love with the city. And part of that is just like the sports teams when they started doing well. I really think like with the Royals in 2014, 2015, like that set part of it. Part of it was just like, for me, I think back like Charlie Hustle creating like the Casey Hart t-shirts. like. Everyone wears Kansas City clothes. That's what people wear here. Like, I, I read about it. Somebody on Facebook was asking, like, what city do you think, like, people rep their clothes the most? And, some people, of course, people have, like, discussions of other city. But, like, I saw so many people in the comments were like, it's Kansas City. It's Kansas City by far. And, like, you cannot argue with me. You go, you fly to Kansas City, everyone's wearing Kansas City clothes. Like, that's what I love at the gate is, like, everyone's wearing Kansas City clothes. <clears throat> but... Like, that has been the joy of coming back and working here now three and a half times. I'll count Gail as a half. Um, Is that I, and also, well, slightly the pandemic. But I got to discover so many new places that, like, in high school, I was very much in our bubble. And also, like, I would only go to dance and come home. Like, I, I didn't even want Mexican food for a while. That, like, cactus wasn't a thing I did. Or, like, um, patties wasn't a thing I did. And then, like, I just went to my same few places, even though I just mentioned some of them. Um, but like I'd never explored and I didn't get to see some of these places downtown because downtown when we were a kid, it was like not a place you would go. And now obviously we're older, we're of age, we can drink. That's part of it too. But like Kansas City has such a renaissance that I just want people to move here. Like anytime someone's like, I'm going to Kansas City. I'm like, you're going to love it. I love Kansas City. And like, I am, I appreciate people who move back here. Like I know like there is some, sometimes like a resentment moving back home but I think like in some ways if Kansas City held everything I wanted I would be here but also all my friends are out in other cities and obviously I would make friends here and have friends here but I am definitely happy where I am but every time I come home I just like love being here and I don't want to leave. Travel is a big part of 
what you do, going where the shows go, and finding new job opportunities. Is there anywhere you've been that really stands out as like favorite place that you've gotten to work at, or there are places where you see on the lineup for a show you're like, yes, like I get to go there? I haven't done any tours, so I haven't had like a, oh, we're going to go to this location, but performing just now in LA was such a dream. Like the theater, that's the best of the best you can get kind of in California is that theater. Um, and, um, like that theater in the background has mountains and I'm like, oh my God, what a dream. It's so beautiful. It was such a dream. Um, but I also, I think like location wise got to do a summer in Ithaca. Ithaca's super beautiful. Or as I say, Ithaca's gorgeous. I just, I love going anywhere that this career takes me. Like anytime I can travel, um, sometimes I'll get auditions for things in, in Europe, but like sometimes they'll be like Spain and France. I haven't gone to France one. But like sometimes they'll be in countries that I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would have traveled there or that I have an interest to, but I love that idea and I am excited to go if I booked it. Like it would be so fun because you like see things, someone's paying for your trip and it's like, okay, sure. There was like one during the pandemic in 2021 that I auditioned for that was going to be like 10 days in some foreign country, let's say Belarus or like Poland, somewhere that's like Eastern Europe. Maybe there's some conflict in the area if it was Belarus. And I was just like, okay. And it was, you were only going to work for like two of those days because of COVID you needed the like buffer. And I was like, okay, if you want to pay me to be there for 10 days, whatever. (laughs) Is there a musical that just is totally top of the list, a show that you could see over and over, listen to the soundtrack over and over, know the songs lyric by lyric? That's a good question because, like, people ask, like, your favorite musical. Um, and I, like, had a favorite musical. Um, I, I mean, Chorus Line's, like, an all-time favorite. I've only seen it once, and it was a community theater production at the um, White Theater at uh, the JCC. And that was a fantastic production. <clears throat> and then I watched the movie Every Little Step, and which is about the making of A Chorus Line, The Revival. So I fell in love with it. But I haven't listened to that in a while. I think right now I am obsessed with Merrily We Roll Along, which is on Broadway currently with Daniel Radcliffe and Jonathan Groff and Lindsay Mendez. And it's like a story that was a... It, the show was a flop when it was on Broadway 30 years ago, 40 years ago, more than that. It was in the 70s, 70s 80s. I'm blanking. But now the show is like a wild success, but it's a story of a friendship, um, but it goes back in time. So the show starts and the friendship has basically broken up and you go back to seeing them like come together and how they met. And it's really beautiful. And the music is so good. It's Stephen Sondheim. And I, I can't stop listening to it. I'm also obsessed with Into the Woods and right now Sweeney Todd. So it's like Stephen Sondheim universe. I just saw it on Broadway um, last year with Annalie Ashford and... Um, and John, uh, not Josh Groban. And then I just saw Annalie Ashford last week at the Emmys. I watched the Emmys after party and I was going to be like, oh my God, I love you. But I didn't do that. I was, I was not feeling that energy from her. I took her picture with her mom and then I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> so you've gotten to meet some pretty like big names through the course of your career. Do you get starstruck when you see these people or do you have to keep it like cool common collective what's yeah. what's like your reaction when you see these people this is a good question because i was literally talking about this last week at the emmys so i worked at the emmys now for two years and i feel like at the emmys i don't feel starstruck because the celebrities are in the place that you expect to see celebrities so they walk in and i'm like oh they're a celebrity i think if i had seen jason sudeikis last week i would have been like excited so i would have been like don't tell him about the movie or join out 
And I don't think I would have, but I would have been excited. Um, but like right last week, I was more excited to see the people I know. And like Brendan Hunt, who was in Ted Lasso, who plays Coach Beard, like he walked right in front of me and I was like, oh, right. I should have said hi to you. Like we just did a sketch show together um, in October. So like theoretically, he would remember me. Um, but I, his wife made eye contact with me. He didn't. So I was just like, I'll leave it. Um, so I didn't really feel starstruck. But my thing is like when I see celebrities in unexpected places, I definitely still feel that like and when I met Nancy Pelosi. But like <laughs> I have um, a few celebrities that like I still get excited about or I'm like, I'm going to make a fool of myself. But yeah, if I'm seeing them in a place I'm expecting to see them or like when I worked on SNL and there were celebrities there, like I didn't feel starstruck or nervous generally I'll say I feel like there's definitely some people I felt that still um but yeah that's that's my theory if they're in a place you're not expecting them then then it's shocking I was so obsessed with Ted Lasso I'm seeing Brent Goldstein at Kaufman oh he's so good I saw him do a stand-up now twice he's fantastic I am so excited I jumped on those tickets immediately I don't know if you saw they Kaufman announced one night, it sold out. They announced a second night, and pretty sure it sold out. They announced a third night, and I think it might have sold out as well, which I think just really, that totally goes to show Kansas City's support in backing Ted Lasso. I mean, why wouldn't they? But the support of, like, yes, like, you have to come here. Yeah. Where I love telling people about the little nods to Kansas City through Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso, because we have so many friends not from here who have watched it, and I love mentioning, like, the little things. Or the Arthur Ryan's barbecue yeah. sauce and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, when you were from here and you watch it and you're like, mm, I, I noticed that little, like, nudge-nudge to Kansas City but without being so blatantly, yeah. like, this is Kansas City. I just so applaud the writers and everyone involved in that show because I think they just did it so well yeah. of getting people here to – have that huge sense of pride but someone who isn't from here it's not like they watch it and don't understand what's yeah. going on they're just kind of like oh uh, they're not yeah. yeah and that's like what people say about when I'm writing this movie they're like make sure that it's relatable to other people outside of Kansas City and I'm like but I just want to make the people in Kansas City happy but yeah like I you know I can't be and I'm right now I'm not like telling small jokes but I've got to be able to convey to other people why Winsheads is important to us I've got to like well, right now the last act of the um, movie takes place at Crown Center at Legoland and it's not good. It's going to get torn out. But, um, like, I want to create, like, have some Kansas City jokes. I remember seeing Jason Sudeikis and some other people from Second City, I think, because he did comedy sports, but I think it was Second City, come to do a, <coughs> uh, come to do a fundraiser um, at Midland. And, like, he made some Kansas City jokes about uh, Mission Mall and only and it was a mission mall it was a metcalf south yeah yeah and it only like the audience died but like all the performers were so confused and i was like that's that's so real but we loved it and i was like we love an inside joke so like you gotta stick with some of them but yeah those Kansas city guys and gals are i mean that's why i'm writing into a movie is because i want them um in it and like I've worked with, I worked briefly with Heidi Gardner on SNL. Again, she wouldn't remember me, but I remember like I was there her first season, and I said something to her like, "I'm also from Kansas City." I think she went to St. Teresa's or Scion. I think she went to St. Teresa's, and um, I was just like, "I'm also from there." I'm like, "I did Starlight this summer," and she's like, "Oh, cool." And that was the end of the conversation. But like, she's has so much Kansas City pride, and I really love that.
aside from the movie you're still working on, what are some other things and projects that you're working on or coming up? Where where can people see all of your stuff? Um, I am on Instagram at Gooby, G-O-O-B-I-E-F-R-I-E-D, Gooby Freed. Um, and then TikTok is Gooby Fruid because somebody else said Gooby Freed, which is rude. Um, and it's freed, not fried. And that's where you can find most of my things. I'm not currently doing any stand-up right now because I think I had to turn down one to come here. Um, I have a Groundling show in L.A. in three weeks, if anyone's in L.A. Um, But, yeah, I will just be doing – I'll probably be back to my sketch shows in March, which is where I did a show with Brendan Hunt. Um, And, yeah, catch me. Catch me when you catch me. Fingers crossed this Winstead's movie happens. I will be the first person to go see it. Grab my giant box of popcorn. We'll take everyone with me. I am so for a movie paying tribute to Winstead's with those actors. So I am am here for it. Thanks. Okay, no one sealed it that's listening. But if you want to work with me on it, message me. Because I want to get it made. Like, I just, again, like thinking about accomplishable goals. Like, create, finishing that script trying to sell it, getting it out there, that's as much as I can do. Whether or not it actually happens, gets made, gets to theaters, I mean, if it got made, it would produce in a theater, like, it would definitely distribute in a theater here, but, like, whether people actually want to see it, I can't control that, but I got to finish it. So that's an accomplishable task. (laughs) I believe in you, and everything that you are doing is so awesome. Videos that you've made, past videos, I suggest everyone go back and watch them. They are so just funny and silly. And sometimes on social media, that is the best content that you can see. And I love that's that is what you're doing, especially being a comedian. Like we talked about the comparison monster, but like sometimes the best thing on social media to find are the videos that just like you might not even know why they make you laugh, but they make you laugh and they just bring you at ease and that's the part of social media that I want people to focus on mm-hmm. and just finding the finding content that doesn't make someone compare themselves but makes someone like feel good yeah. as social media just has this terrible negative side to it but there is good in social media and there is good with connecting with people and reconnecting with people from your past and finding that stuff that just like makes you giggle that you want to send to another friend and so I think your those that you've made and just everything you're doing does that and I hope that people go and find it and oh, it makes them giggle and they can send it off to other people to make them giggle as well. Yeah, I mean, I think as you were saying that too, I was remembering that like everyone has to define what their own version of success is and I think for both of us doing social media, like um, is success Instagram offering you verification? I don't know. I mean, like I could have emailed, I could have like asked for verification last week and I didn't, I like thought about it when I switched to a business profile but like the idea once you reach that like what's the next idea of success and I think for people in creative fields which like you're definitely in that as well it's like deciding what feels like success and for me like I said it's like I've defined it as making a career from comedy and I definitely like made a lot of money doing performing this year that makes me really happy but like whatever that means to you and you get to define what that means don't let your parents define it don't let like society define it don't let your friends define it you define your own success yeah i love that well say again where people can follow you on social media and keep up with all the things 
So on Instagram, you could just search my name, Gabby, G-A-B-B-I-E-F-R-I-E-D, or Gooby Freed, either one. Gabby Freed on Instagram and um, TikTok as well, Gooby Freed on TikTok. And I'm going to be creating those videos. This is, this is going to make me do it. Make sure to follow Gabby on social media. Casey by Siri comes out every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe for more incredible behind-the-scenes stories each week. For more Kansas City content, follow me on Instagram at Casey by Siri. See you next week. Say